Good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you. Wherever and whenever you may be listening, my name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. Now more than ever, this is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? One brand that continues to leave its audience wanting more is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. And when we had John Wilkening on this show last year, he left us wanting so much more that now he is a recurring guest. And it is that week. It is the week to learn how to bank like a champion today and every day. You're going to hear John talk about how they looked at COVID-19 as one long day. You know, things are changing, but some things don't you know it is just a, a great great story that's going up in south bend going on up in south bend indiana every month every year they just continue to break records and and set standards and oh by the way prove uh, once and for all incontrovertibly that the business of banking the business of credit unions is actually very simple make loans get paid back be in business forever. Last week on the show, Michael Ferrara made history by bringing up Millie Vanilli for the first time on this show. The the uh, half-late, somewhat great Millie Vanilli. And I think on this show, uh, John Wilkening brings up the first video game sensation, smash hit. I mean, they even wrote a song about this video game. You're going to hear John Wilkening talk about Pac-Man. And uh, if, if you're not a baby boomer or a Gen Xer, you won't remember this. But it it's why we play video games today in many ways. It's why you have video games on your phone. Millions and millions and millions of Americans were plunking down their quarters to play Pac-Man back in the day. And even then, as it is true today, as John Wilkening said on his first appearance, you can't fake experience. We're going to talk Pac-Man, we're going to talk experience and confidence, and of course the most important thing, results, and we're going to do it all right after this. Conference quality information without the $495 price tag for a virtual conference, it's the always free Power of Performance podcast. You know what that music means. If it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish fight song, it's time to bank like a champion today. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, Jason, always an honor. Thrilled to be here. Always good to have you. Yeah. Well, if the Notre Dame football team defense performed as well as your credit union, John, they might have actually won that bowl game back on January 2nd. Tell us how things are going up at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You know, it's all, we, we went into the pandemic saying it was all just one long day. And uh, so when we went into this, came off the record setting uh, 2020 where, you know, Jiminy Cricket, the numbers were just so phenomenal, the $100 million in checking accounts and the $107 million in consumer loans and the $60 million uh, in commercial lending. 
and then throw in, you know, the $350 million in mortgage. It was an incredible year, and this year is just a continuation of that. I just literally, before I got out on the show today, uh, opened up uh, my loan auditor's report, and uh, February came in at a record $8.9 million in consumer loans. Wow. We only do direct, no, no financing. Uh, the mortgage team, you know, $30 million, and the commercial team already has a pipeline of $30 million. So it's just been an incredible run, and we've acquired a lot of new talent. Jason, it's so it's such a fast-paced, fun machine. I, I could go on forever. I had to ask you about that because I, I talk to a lot of institutions and individuals that want to use the pandemic as an excuse or a reason for not performing at a high level. What would your response be to that? Well, we know what it came if you weren't ready, and we don't know what it was. Nobody can predict the pandemic, but you can certainly prepare for a recession. And like I said, we went, five years ago, we went in and we were prepared to you know, deliver nationally uh, through EDOC, electronically. We can close loans at, you know, at all of the 50 states in the country. And so we, we were prepared. And uh, you know, they had to get ready when it hit. It was over. I, I can't yeah. say that uh, the executives at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union did it because of a pandemic that was coming. But uh, it's not an excuse. I, yesterday we had an executive yeah. session, and I said, said, when our branches reopen, business will go down because – in theory, all there was was telephones and video banking now and less interruptions. Uh, and the team just played at such a high, high level. Yeah. I'm, speaking of that, I noticed, you know, I follow a lot of financial brands on social media. I noticed a lot of banking brands are opening up their branches this, this month. How do you think that's going to impact retail banking and customer service as we start to slowly reopen the in-person services? Because that's always been a big part of retail banking. I don't think it'll return to ever what it once was. And, you know, during my tenure at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, in-branch transactions have gone up every year. I mean, people, they love the financial position. They love the interaction. They love the experience of a Notre Dame Federal Credit Union branch. And so, you know, we've always kind of spit in the wind of common wisdom that, you know, the brick and mortar would go away. And, you know, I don't believe that. Um, But I'll tell you what, people that have opened up, they have not seen the droves come back. Um, if, they're deliver- if they're delivering remotely and electronically, a lot of people have figured out remote deposit capture, uh, you know, because out of necessity. And so I don't think yep. it'll be what it once was. And so if they're waiting for, oh, we're selling Rolling Stone tickets and we're, and we're opening up Ticketron, there's not going to be lines <laughs> at the door. I mean, you know, that's the truth. I absolutely agree with you. And on, on that note about remote capture, my parents are both 80 years old. I don't know that they even knew they could take pictures of their checks and have them magically go into their account. And they did figure that out, out of necessity during the pandemic. One thing I like about you, John, is, is you set big goals for your team. What are some of the other big goals you have for your retail banking team up at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union in 2021? Well, you know, we're going through a really incredible renaissance, and, you know, we're using our retail team like we use them for everything. They played a, they played a very important role in the PPP program that we've been so successful mm. at. Uh, yep. You know, so, but our goal, we're, open, we're expanding the Chicagoland uh, two counties over. We're opening a branch in uh, Whiting, Indiana, in Lake County. So that's certainly a big goal to launch there, change banking, you know, in the second largest county in the state of Indiana. 
Uh, it's going to be great. Our commercial team, which is, you know, they uh, reports to me as well as the branches and the call center. I'm acquiring talent like I'm Pac-Man eating those little whatever they are on the road. Uh, you know, Jesse, Jesse Hunt, uh, which was win, win, the big Wintrust Bank's top, top commercial lender in uh, northwest Indiana. He's joined us as a senior commercial lender. Uh, you, you know, we've, Matt from, we've hired Matt Baharm from Boston and other lenders in town. So we're putting a lot of efforts in our commercial banking team, our small business team, where I'm, I'm developing the managers. And we have a very, very, very lofty budget. Uh, and, but, you know, through the first two months of the year, we are just running, we are a full month, one month ahead of last year's pace, Jason, right now. Um, so, you know, the goals are lofty. Um, we're going to continue to enhance our video banking, our one hub appointment scheduling. You know, we did not sit still during this pandemic. We, we broke records in deposits. We broke records in loans, commercial mortgages, but we also went out and got better technology and we can, we can deliver it right to your couch, whatever you want, we're there. So, uh, those goals are to make you know our new technology advances part of everybody's behavior every single day. And again, we're on this wonderful journey of building this business banking team, and so many retail employees are are being trained and just doing record performances. So, 2021 is probably the most exciting year of my career. Wow! And you've had a great career. I did want to ask you on a somewhat non-banking note. One of the things that drew me to you was your confidence. You were always very, very confident about where things were going, even at the height of the pandemic when there was a lot of uncertainty. I've noticed, and it's just me, I'm not saying this is scientific, it's an anecdotal trend that I've noticed, where confidence, especially when it comes from men like us, Sometimes it's called toxic or, you know, it's masculinity done uh, too much. I absolutely think confidence has a place in leadership, especially with men. And I wanted to ask you about that. Well, I don't, you know, I don't think there's a thin line between cockiness, uh, which, you know, when mm -hmm. sometimes when folks that are, folks are confident, it can come across as cocky. Um, you know, I'm never going to be a cocky fellow because the truth of the matter is we know we're only as good as our next day's work. But I do think in times of challenge, I do, I do think in times of challenge, you know, nobody wants to uh, follow Eeyore or a weak leader. I mean, I think, I, think, I, think, I think there's an absolute place for confidence, whether it's uh, through a lady or a man. Uh, and I think, you know what, I'll tell you what, if somebody's uh, 70 feet under the sea and there's a confident swimmer there to bring you up, uh, nobody will be questioning confidence at that point. Uh, if your financial organization is in trouble and not growing, uh, I think you would take a comp, you know, you'd be glad to have a confident leader. So I think as long as, you know, the biggest thing there is, you know, we're talking cockiness, we're talking confidence, but let's talk credibility. Credibility is uh, really the key. I mean, if folks want to be, have bravado and lead through machismo, they're going to have complaints and they're going to offend. Uh, they're not going to have followers. They're going to be a tyrant. But if you're a, a caring, another C, right, we're, we're tearing it up. But if we're, we're, if we're caring with confidence and credibility that we can do the job, uh, everybody wants that. So I think that's the people that are hitting their head or they're, they're getting criticism for their leadership style uh, because they don't have the, – they're not – it's cockiness. It's not confidence with caring credibility. And, uh, you know, I certainly couldn't change my personality. I mean, I was on an 0-11 Little League team in 77, and uh, for game 12 <laughs> – for game 12, I pointed to the center field fence and called my shot, uh, you know, and I hit it out of the park, and we lost, ten, we lost 10 to 1, and my mom took me to Palermo's for a pizza. So there you go. 
I, I was on a similarly bad Little League team in the late 70s, a very, very different team. But we did win one game at the end of the season, although I, I, I suspect the parents on the other side had something to do with that. We always love to get out of here with just a fun question. And I've been thinking about this because you're so very good at the retail banking gig. If you had not gone into banking, is there another career you might have pursued? Great question, and I have to pause on it. I think the school teacher, honestly. I, I mean, I had dreams of being in college. I had a dreams of being a college professor. Um, I really did, and I think you know, banking brought all that full circle, Jason. I mean, I'm a, I'm a kid uh, was raised poor, um, you know, had made it, and uh, so I want to help everybody out, out out that had my childhood. I take that very seriously. Changing a life a day, which is our mantra, it drives me every single day. And I think, you know, and there's so much teaching. Uh, I call my managers. I talk to my team. And we'll just, you know, Jeff Pugh, who runs our call center, he's famous. He'll send me a link through the system that says, hey, you got a second. And uh, he'll call and we laugh. He'll end up being on the phone for an hour. And a lot of times I'm just sharing challenges with, you know, I don't want everybody to be what I had. I don't want them going into the boardroom at 40 years old in their first executive assignment and feeling lost. Uh, so I always, the people that I see have great talent that are going to advance, and they'll even have to leave me. Of course they will. But they're going to be great leaders elsewhere or replacements for us as we go on and retire. Um, you know, you lead them with credibility and you care, and that's, that's transparency, and there's a mentorship. And so there are times I call the employees through the week and say, hey, I'm dealing with this situation. How would you handle it? I, w- I want their way in, of course, but I also want them to see the side that nobody else sees. I mean, LinkedIn sees, you know, the massive, crazy, record-breaking numbers, but they don't see the emotional intelligence uh, that goes into developing and keeping a team. And, you know, during the pandemic, you really got to lead. I mean, you got to keep team, uh, remote employees close to the mother base emotionally. And we all got to stay right. one family. Family, We can't drift apart. So I definitely, uh, great question. Uh, and naturally, the answer is a teacher or a college professor, because so much of what I do every day is teaching and coaching and uh, solving problems and building strategies strategic mind. So great question. And there it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you are the college professor on this show for learning how to bank like a champion today with our banking coach, John Wilkening. As ever, we look forward to catching up with you. And John, thank you so very kindly for taking some time out of your day to join us on the Power Performance Podcast. I always appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Jason. I'm a big fan. And I never miss a show. <laughs> thank you. Ray. Thank you so much. Great job. Oh, always such a great job. You heard John. They are gobbling up results and talent like the aforementioned Pac-Man. And I wasn't kidding. They wrote a song about this video game that you had to put a quarter in to play. And so you can make fun of Pac-Man all you want, but it had some pretty significant results back in the day. And since we like to focus on results here on the show and not intentions, of course, it's GAC week and you can't ignore it. Although I did, I don't think I watched a single bit of it except the intro, but um, I went to see you today, uh, see today.info. The website's right there in the episode description to see what was in the news. And of course, leading the news, GAC coverage. Nussel wants the CUs to paint an undeniable picture, 
plus new focus on financial well-being. Well, I've got a question about financial well-being. What is the financial well-being of the Credit Union National Association? Because last time I checked, they had lost over $5 million of the member owner's money. And as I've said many, many times, a not-for-profit that loses money is much worse than a for-profit that makes money. Well, in trying to get some edification, because the the financial report I have for CUNA is their last IRS filing. I think they only have to file every two years, and I haven't seen one. These losses were pre-pandemic. Maybe that $450 to go to their virtual GAC brought them back to even. I don't know. I don't know anything about the financial well-being or likely lack thereof of CUNA because nobody will answer that question. So I went to my go-to source this morning, see you today, And I got a hold of somebody, quite a character, actually. His name is Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Jacobs. We had a 30-minute conversation, far-ranging, just a a great, great guy. And if any of you have a milk carton in your refrigerator, or I don't don't want to offend the diversity, equity, and inclusion crowd, a soy milk, almond milk, um, milk that they've made out of, you know, recycled tires, whatever the case may be, would you look on the back and see if there's a picture of the Credit Union Times? Are those guys even still in business Anyway, the reason the Credit Union Times is irrelevant today is because places like CU Today came in and did a better job. And so take a, take a look over at cutoday.info. Like I said, the website's embedded right there in the episode description. They had a very cool approach to the vendor hall. And if, you, if you've ever been to the, the GAC in person, as I have many, many, many times, it does always seem like you go up this escalator that takes you about 45 minutes to get to the top, and I'm waiting for the, you know, the oxygen things to drop out of the roof. I'm getting a nosebleed and my ears are popping. Well, they've got this thing where you can go to their virtual vendor hall. It's actually very clever. Just look on the right-hand side of their website and you'll see the escalator. I told I told Tony, all you need now is, you know, the the drunken couple stumbling out of the Watergate bar, you know, Randy Smith and Jill Nowacki, who when I saw them stumbling out of the bar, I think they were both married to someone else. Anyway, none of my business. This virtual vendor hall over on the CU Today site is actually very, very clever and innovative. Um, uh, a comment that I've never said about anything that CUNA has done for the past several years. Hey, folks, you want to open your eyes to something, start looking at these credit union brands like Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, like CU Today, that are actually doing things and not just talking about them. We celebrate results on this show, not intentions, because intentions don't pay bills, results do. I had a great conversation with Tony Jacobs. I want to send a shout out to him. Frank Dykeman from See You Today has always been very fair with me. I can get a little impatient at times, but these guys have always covered us very, very fairly. Well, it's just interesting that, you know, John Wilkening is from Chicagoland and so is Tony Jacobs. So it's always great to meet people from that part of the country that I refer to as possessing that enigmatic Midwestern genius. And I love sharing that. 
with everybody here on the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand uh, were a band, uh, would you leave the audience wanting more? Next week, we're going out to the great state, the Old Dominion of Virginia, to visit with the CEO of a great banking brand out in Virginia, and we will do that next week. So until we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. And since Chicago's been so good to me today and this week, let's get out of here with some Chicago. Take care. Sitting across like